These are valuable lessons that we can learn from these younger children that are burdened by the longevity issues that we're facing in this country. It's a longevity crisis that has been created. And so Nico taught me so much because I never really thought about the impact on the children in this way until I met Nico. Welcome to the 100 Year Lifestyle Podcast, dedicated to you and your loved ones living at 100% for 100 years and beyond. I'm your host, Dr. Eric Plaster. Welcome everybody to the 100 Year Lifestyle Podcast. Dr. Eric Plasker here, and yes we are, transforming health and longevity worldwide so that you and your loved ones can live at 100% for 100 years and beyond. And hey, we're gonna get a very valuable lesson today from a 10 year old, and it's gonna be on longevity, it's gonna be on quality of life, it's gonna be on choices, and I was out in Bellevue, Washington at Dr. Cummins' office. He put together an amazing 100-year lifestyle event out there. We had all kinds of people, all age groups, community members, and it was a great environment and a town center that was really nicely laid out, beautiful room, couple of hundred people, and the energy was great. They did a fantastic job, and everybody loved the talk. Of course, we talked about the 100-year lifestyle. We talked about what it meant. We talked about long-term vision, all the things that we're talking about in this podcast, making it very, very personal for everybody that was there. What was interesting is after the talk, like usually happens, like always happens, there was a line of people. They wanted to come up and graciously meet me, say hello. I wanted to meet them just as much as they wanted to meet me. And we got to give each other hugs and signed a bunch of books. And it really made a difference. I was talking to one gentleman, 98-year-old, World War II veteran, big guy, strong guy, talked about how the choices that he made helped him live longer than he ever thought about eating healthy, chiropractic adjustments, lifestyle care, good nutrition, all that good stuff, exercise, being fit. And while I was talking to this man, I could feel the eyes, little tiny eyes, on the left-hand side of where I was standing, and I could feel the energy and the pull of those cute little eyes. And I kept looking down, I looked over, and here was this little 10-year-old kid, tiniest 10-year-old kid I had ever seen, I think, cute as a button, and he just wanted to talk to me. I could tell he wanted to talk really, really bad. And finally, I gave this really tall, beautiful soul that I was talking to, this World War II veteran, gave him a big hug, and then I turned to this little kid and I said, so what'd you think, young man? And he looked at me, I'll never forget this, it changed my life forever. He looked up at me and he said, Dr. Plasker, you changed my life today. (laughs) And I was blown away. I was like, what? Uh, Who are you? Uh, What do you mean? I changed your life. How old are you? And he said to me, my name is Nico and I'm 10 years old and you changed my life. And I said, I didn't even know you were here. Where were you sitting? And he said, I was in the back playing with some of the other kids. I said, and you were listening? He said, yeah, I was listening. I said, so how did I change your life today? And he looked at me and he, he said something to me that is going to affect you, I hope, as much as it affected me. He said to me, Dr. Plasker, I'm 10 years old. He said to me, Dr. Plasker, my grandparents died of cancer, and I have been worried for years that I was going to die from cancer too. And that's it. I'm not worried anymore. And he ran off. And I was like, what? What? 
I, like he blew my mind. He shocked me. And he, then he turned back at me and he said, and I'm going to be a motivational speaker. And he ran away again. And so if you want to see his version of his first motivational talk, you can go to the article on 100yearlifestyle.com. It's called Children's Longevity Threatened. Embedded in that article is Nico's first motivational talk video that he sent me the next day, and we plugged it into this article. And it's very relevant. A couple of things that I want to mention about this, why it's so relevant. First of all, this is a 10-year-old kid that has been carrying around this burden for a long time, for years. What an insane burden that this poor little kid was taking around with him everywhere that he went. And I can imagine him going to visit grandma and grandpa at the assisted living center or at the hospital or the nursing home and the different places where he would go visit. And here's this 10-year-old kid not making sense out of trying to make sense of this environment, what was going on, and it was troubling him deeply, but nobody knew that it was giving this kid such a burden on his spirit. And I could only imagine not being able to explain it, understand what was going on. And he smells the smells of an assisted living center, and he smells the smells of disease, and he sees the suffering and the pain and the wrinkled and the crippled and all of these challenging looks and feels and senses, how the senses are stimulated by all of this. And the worry and the stress in his body must have been off the charts. To release that burden must have been huge for him in that moment. And we need to talk about these issues with our kids, number one, and we need to raise our kids differently than our parents lived. You know, you got to remember, this is a generation, this nursing home generation, these beautiful souls, they didn't plan to live this long. They were blindsided by their extended life. We call them the accidental centenarians. They are outliving their scientifically predicted life expectancy by decades. This younger generation, it's hard enough for our generation, who is the sandwich generation, to understand this plight when we see the suffering of these elders and we think that it's related to longevity. But what we're learning is that it is not the number of years that is the problem. It is how we have taken care of ourselves along the way. And so Nico and his family taking care of themselves much different, not allopathically, not just treat the symptom, but being proactive with nutritional choices, with getting adjustments, keeping their nervous system, their spine balanced and aligned, keeping themselves fit, enjoying family time, enjoying work, making choices that are good for them financially, changing their life. These are valuable lessons that we can learn from these younger children that are burdened by the longevity issues that we're facing in this country. It's a longevity crisis that has been created. And so Nico taught me so much because I never really thought about the impact on the children in this way until I met Nico. And then I was giving a talk for the business community in Dallas one time, and it was all kinds of fancy business leaders, very wealthy people dressed to the nines. They had beautiful ties and suits or sport jackets and probably fancy $800, $1,000, $1,500 pairs of shoes and belts and looking really sharp at this Four Seasons Hotel. And after the talk, same thing, great 
conversations, great hugs. These people were blown away by Max's story. If you haven't heard Max's story, go back to the first podcast. There's a short version of it there on that first podcast, Your 100 is Coming, You Make the Call. And I think it's also on our YouTube channel and our Facebook page if you want to dig into the longer version of that story. Well, after this talk at the Four Seasons and signing books and giving hugs to all these people, once again, I could feel the pull in the corner of the room from this girl. She was older than Nico. She was 15 years old, and I could feel the pull coming from her where she really wanted to talk to me, and she kept inching closer and closer and closer. And finally, I gave this last person that I was talking to a hug. I broke away and went over to talk to this young girl, and she was crying. And I said to her, I said, are you okay? What's the matter? Can I help? Is there anything I can do? What's the what's wrong? And she said, with tears in her eyes, she said, Dr. Plasker, what you said makes so much sense to me. And she started to cry and I'm kind of mimicking her crying to get this point across to you. She said, Dr. Plasker, my grandmother's in her 80s and I love her so much and she doesn't know me. She can't talk to me and I can't talk to her. And you're right, I don't wanna be like that. I realize I have those genes. I don't wanna be like that. I'm gonna live differently. I'm gonna do things differently. And she said it with so much conviction that it brought tears to my eyes as well. And there are so many young people that are being faced with this challenge as we see assisted living centers popping up on every corner in every community. And the kids are looking for a different way. The younger generations, they are looking for a different way to live. And for many of us who are in charge of these younger people's lives, it's important that we step up and start making different choices so that we don't become the burden to our children that sadly many of our beautiful souls, parents, grandparents, the burden that they became, not because they got old, but because they didn't know they were going to live this long, so they didn't know how to take care of themselves to ensure quality of life as they age. And so we have the opportunity to live differently. And you think about how many of them lived and the choices that they made when they were younger, medication choices, surgical choices. We can do things differently. You know, it used to be we would have a procedure done, we'd have an accident or an injury, and we'd have a scar to show for it because we had a surgery, or we'd have a cast, and hey man, those scars are cool, and hey, check out my scar, check out my cast, you want to sign my cast? Well listen, scars and casts have consequences, and they are not the only option, they are not the first choice. Now listen, in a life-threatening emergency, of course, you go there, you get all the blood and guts, stop the bleeding, all that kind of stuff, severe, tragic situations, heart attacks, cancer diagnoses, things like that. You do what you have to do. And you also have to have your wits about you at the same time so that you can make choices because it is vital that you understand that the choices that you make have consequences. And there are people every day that are making choices that are not the traditional choices. And they are getting better and they are healing and they are not healing with severe long-term consequences, but they are truly healing because they're working with the body's ability to heal itself, the body's innate intelligence. 
I can think of several cases I'm going to give you that are cases that we directly work with in our office. What a lot of our affiliate doctors and people that we work with around the country also getting these types of results, holistic people all over the world getting all kinds of different results and not resorting to casts and scars except as a last resort. I think about this kid, Jake, who was constipated, his baby, uh, he was about two weeks old, hadn't had a bowel movement in eight days. The medics wanted to do surgery. They wanted to do all kinds of radical procedures that would jeopardize the bowel, maybe eliminate, take out some of the bowels. So this kid would have been possibly on a colostomy bag his entire life. That would have been a tragedy. Well, this family knew that they wanted to only do that as a last resort. And I'll never forget when they brought this little boy to me for me to check this baby's neck because as most of you know, and it's well documented, that the neck can be injured during the birth process. Nobody knows about it. They don't talk about it in the hospitals or in the pediatric offices, but certainly chiropractors know about it. Anybody who's well read about it in the holistic world knows the importance of getting the neck checked chiropractically for alignment and for nerve pressure after the child is born. And so they brought this kid over and wouldn't you know it, I checked this child, give this baby an adjustment. And not only was the baby not able to have a bowel movement, you could see there was a problem in this child because the neck was cocked over, turned to the side and couldn't move his neck very well. And the pediatricians, they called it torticollis. They said, yes, this is a problem. Maybe we need to do surgery on that too. Well, wouldn't you know it, I adjusted this little baby and he looks up at me, turns in the direction that he couldn't turn before, looks up at me and I don't speak baby very well, but I believe he said something like this with his eyes. He said, my goodness, who are you and what did you do to my neck? <laughs> and he had full range of motion back, which was a beautiful thing that we could see. But what was even more exciting is the next morning, actually it was exciting for me. I don't know if it was exciting for the dad who texted me and he said, holy crap, Dr. Plasker, no kidding. Because the next morning, eight days of bowel movement were released by this child. And now this child is five years old, six years old. I'm not exactly sure of his age and he's playing with all the other kids and he's a funny kid and he's enjoying his life. And guess what? He has his intestines and he's got normal bowel movements and he's a healthy six-year-old kid. So exciting. And, you know, there is a time in people's lives with situations like that, that because of fear or worry or panic, parents make choices that are just to get through the short-term well-being for that child, not necessarily thinking of the long-term consequences of the choices that you're making. This dad wanted the best for his child in the moment. He wanted to avert any life-threatening crisis. Of course he wanted to do that. And he also took the time to consider things that were very important for his child for the long haul. And it was at least worth a try and it worked for him and he's super excited and we things, see things like that all the time. This child did not need drugs. This child did not need surgery. And the consequences of surgery in a baby or in a child, the consequences are that after the surgery, they give the child to alleviate the pain. They very often give a child opioid-like medications, oxycotton, hydrocodone, or derivatives of those types of drugs, which can lead to addiction later on in life. And those consequences are not thought about when parents are making these choices. And I'm not blaming anybody. I'm not mad at anybody. I'm passionate about it because we have to understand that we need to think differently. We have an opioid crisis 
in this country today that is devastating our country. And nobody woke up and said, hey, I'm going to be an addict today. I'd like to be an addict today. So many of them are a result of these types of situations. I was giving a talk in Florida to a group of doctors, and it was great talk. It was specifically on the opioid crisis. And when I was done, I told a couple of stories. When I was done, this doctor who was in the audience followed me into the men's room, tracked me down, stood behind me, hovered over my shoulder, waiting for me to finish doing my business. And when I was done, I turned around, zipped up, and this doctor was literally staring right at me. He had tears in his eyes. And he looked at me and he said, you know what, Dr. Plasker, what you said, I wish I would have heard this message 20 years ago. He said, because my son, when he was nine years old, he had an injury to his knee and he was playing sports. And the pressure, the peer pressure to have surgery was overwhelming. And in my gut, I knew that it wasn't the first choice. I didn't really want to do it. I didn't want it to be the first thing that we did. And because of that, I caved to the pressure. And so we had the surgery. And after the surgery, of course, because there was a knife and a scalpel and a cut and an opioid, and I wanted my son's pain to go away. I wasn't being a bad doctor. I wasn't being a bad dad. In fact, this was the protocol. This was the standard operating procedure. So I gave my son the opioids to take the pain away, and then the prescription ran out, not giving it another thought. He was nine years old, and now my son is in his late 20s, and he is an opioid addict, a heroin addict, in and out of the rehab centers, and I don't know what we're going to do. It ruined his life, and it's hell on my life. And he was crying and he was upset. And he said to me, I thought I was doing the right thing. We have another lady. She actually just called in. She's coming in for her lifestyle care adjustment. About three months ago, she cornered me in the adjusting room and she started to cry. She broke down a little bit and she said to me, you know, Dr. Plasker, I wish I would have known about this message, about what you're talking about, about the 100-year lifestyle, about chiropractic care, about all kinds of the holistic things and the body's ability to heal itself and removing interference, all the things you talk about in the 100-year lifestyle. I wish I would have known about it years ago because, you know, I listened to my doctor who prescribed Adderall to my child because she was struggling. And I shouldn't have given her the Adderall. I shouldn't have. I should have got her some tutoring. I should have taken her to a different school. I thought I was doing the right thing. And now she's in her late 20s and she's an Adderall addict. And it broke my heart. She was crying. And here's the thing. She said to me again, just like every other person that I'm telling you about, I thought I was doing the right thing. And we have to understand that we have to make choices, that it's not just, this is the law, this is what you have to do because I'm the doctor and I tell you to do it. The reality of it is, is if you go to two or three or four different doctors, they might prescribe two or three or four different drugs and they may tell you, you know what, you don't need any drugs. And you can do this by working with your body's ability to heal itself and strengthening your body's innate healing power and energy by the foods that you eat, by clearing out subluxations and interferences to the nervous system, by different types of movement and exercise, and you would be amazed at how the body responds. And so it's so exciting to see that more and more people are waking up to these realities 
and taking this valuable longevity lesson from Nico and these other children realizing that, wow, I need to make choices that are not just going to be good for me to get through the day right now or to get through the week or to get through this month, but I need to make choices that are good for me for the long haul. You know, we have a whole sandwich generation. I'm a part of that sandwich generation where we're caring for our elderly parents and grandparents while we are also caring for our children and for some of us, our grandchildren. And we need to think differently knowing that we're caught in the middle, being very objective about how this older generation who they thought there was a pill for every ill, where they grew up in an age where doctors recommended smoking. I don't know if you remember those smoking ads that were on television. 26,000 doctors recommend smoking in the ads that were in all the newspapers. We have an article on 100yearlifestyle.com. Doctors recommend smoking, where if you've never seen those ads, you should go check it out and look at those ads. But that's really how the cigarettes were marketed and they marketed candy cigarettes and now the drug companies marketing two doctors controlling all the continuing education that is being provided sponsoring all the continuing education events that doctors go to and because of that they're selling their products they're educating about how this drug this pill will alter the chemistry in this way to change the chemistry in the moment in this way but one thing that is important for all of us to understand is that if you go, as an example, if you go to drugs.com and you look up the side effects of medications, there's two areas where you can find side effects. The first one is side effects for the consumer, which is a short list and in many cases a devastating list. And you can see this list on TV by watching all these drug ads on TV that are ridiculous. They should stop those drug ads instantaneously. They are harming our culture terribly by having those drug ads on television. And when you look at the consumer side effects, underneath that, if you keep scrolling, whatever medication you put in, you keep scrolling, you'll see side effects for the doctor to be aware of. And it lists all the different systems of the body, like the nervous system, the gastrointestinal system, the elimination system, and you'll see all of the immune system and how these drugs can negatively affect all of these systems of the body. And here's the thing, these drugs were not tested long term. And so we see this older generation, cholesterol medication, statin drugs is an example of this. We need cholesterol in our body. It's one of the most important compounds in our body. We're finding out that it doesn't even cause heart disease or heart attacks, that inflammation is the cause of heart disease and heart attacks. And so when you look at these examples of these drugs that were not tested long term, if you're in your 30s or your 40s and you start taking medication, that is for some type of lifestyle condition like heart disease or like cancer or like arthritis, things like that. These are not genetic conditions. They're lifestyle conditions or environmental conditions. They're not genetic conditions. We've blamed it on the genes because if you blame it on the genes, that well, you're stuck with it. And we know that that is completely not true today. That is misinformation. It's important that you understand the consequences of your long-term choices to do everything that you can to keep yourself healthy, expressing your full potential for a lifetime in the 100-year lifestyle, we call it 100% for 100 years and beyond. I think back my own story. If you hadn't heard it before, I was 15 years old. I hurt myself playing football, went to a doctor, an orthopedic surgeon. He said, take these drugs and don't play for 30 days. And if that doesn't work, we'll have to do surgery. And I was like, whoa, fortunately for me, 
I heard, which is not what he said, but I heard drugs equal don't play. So I was like, whoa, I'm, I'm not doing that because I want to play. And I was willing to do anything in order to play. So the next day I went and saw my uh, chiropractor, Ernie Landy, became my chiropractor that next day. He adjusted me and I played that afternoon without any pain, didn't need any medication, didn't need any surgery. And so I became an advocate and became a very diligent student of these concepts of the power of the body to heal itself, this innate intelligence that we have, what happens when it gets interfered with and how you can keep the interference out of your life and keep your body functioning at a very high level. If you have the right thoughts, this compelling vision, and you make different choices, especially as it relates to healthcare. I was talking to Erica a little bit earlier about Leo, who, when we did her podcast interview, which is in the first season of our podcast, she talked about how he was on the spectrum, started to be diagnosed on the spectrum. He had lots of colds and even got the flu shot, had a reaction to the flu shot. They wanted to give him steroids and all these different things, and they were messing him up. And she realized, you know what? This is just a treadmill that I don't want to be on. This is like a hamster wheel that I just do not want to be on. And she started doing things differently. She's changing his nutrition. She's getting him checked on a regular basis, making sure that his nervous system is clear. So there are so many different things that you can do if you'll just think differently and take this valuable lesson from this 10-year-old and these other kids that I'm talking to you about today. And it is definitely time that we make long-term thinking cool. So with that, so glad that I got to give this message to you today, that you're listening, that you care enough about yourself, your family. Go to 100yearlifestyle.com. Find a provider in your area that can help you with these choices. Go to some of our advertisers and people that are working with us who we trust to be able to provide resources to help stimulate your brain in the appropriate way. Companies like BrainTap and all of the different people that are on our side and on our team to support you in living your ideal 100-year lifestyle. Because your 100 is coming. My brothers and sisters, my colleagues and my friends, you make the call. We are the first generation in history that is getting this advance notice that whether we like it or not, want to or not, we will probably live longer than we ever thought. We're going to get there in style, living our ideal 100-year lifestyle with lots of friends, family, health, and vitality to enjoy the journey every step along the way. So, Thanks again, everybody. Go to our social media pages. Go to all of our different pages. Share this with your friends and families. Love and appreciate you so much for listening. Dr. Eric Plasker, signing out. Thank you so much for joining us on the 100 Year Lifestyle Podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you have topics that you want us to cover, people you want us to interview, maybe you have some stories that you want to share, stories of yourself, loved ones, people in your life, we would love to hear from you and share your story. Please email us at my100 at 100yearlifestyle.com. And remember, nobody wants to get to 100 or even 50, 60, or 70 for that matter, crippled, broke, and alone. So please share the 100 Year Lifestyle, all of our podcasts, social media pages, website with your family, friends, and coworkers so they can take this journey with you. And until next time, adjust your lifestyle. Live your best life today and every day on the road to a sensational century.